Nothing changes instantaneously. In a gradually heating bathtub, you'd be boiled to death before you knew it. Our Father, who art in heaven. Seriously? What the actual fuck? Gilead doesn't care about children. Gilead cares about power. Why does healing have to be the only goal? Why can't we be as furious as we feel? For whatever man sows, so shall he reap. Welcome to Above the Garage. Hi, friends. Welcome to our analysis of Season 5, Episode 8 of The Handmaid's Tale, which is titled Motherland. This episode was written by Yalin Chang and directed by Natalia Leite. Before we get started, I just want to let everybody know we have an interview with cinematographer Nicola Daly coming out on Friday, too. So come back and check us out then. Okay, on with this episode. Uh, Let's do our round of introductions and dive in. Hello, I'm Kimberly. Hi, I'm Sarah. Hi, I'm Claudia. Hi, I'm Raquel. Hi, I'm Helen. And I'm Kate. So the episode opens with an old flashback of June and Hannah making pancakes. June's daydreaming while she's stirring dinner on the stove. I'm mostly surprised June's cooking. That seems like Luke's lane. And Rita's, who is over, yay, I miss her. Uh, Phone's ringing and we find out it's Serena calling again from real jail this time. So she's been calling everybody a lot. Rita says she's called her a dozen times and I'm kind of surprised Rita hasn't picked up after the first time. Luke's reveling in Serena's incarceration, but you can see on Rita's face, she's uncomfortable and June's attitude is screaming. She's pissed off at Luke. After he says she didn't deserve June's help in the first place, June angrily points out it wasn't about Serena. She didn't think her newborn deserved to die in the woods. I agree. Luke's annoyed that she's annoyed and just makes it look like that's not what I was saying. But the point is, they're still very much not on the same page about this. And then they're interrupted with protesters outside who want the refugees out of Toronto. I kind of feel like June would be far too famous to just be living in a normal house on an accessible street like this. And she used to have a bodyguard in season four. Yeah, especially since she seems in danger now. Right. Right. I'm surprised there's not been any follow-ups with like Willis men capturing them. Like no one's done anything about that. Yeah. Weird that no one's been like, oh, actually, they're clearly in danger even in Canada because those people live in Canada. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people you're in danger from. So I wonder because Mackenzie said to, or was it Putnam, that somebody should do something about. June. I think it was Putnam. And that right? was Putnam, yeah. And yeah, and Mackenzie threatened to try to find out who helped June and try to get rid of June. So, well, I had one of the protesters outside that they're so aggressive that I'm actually really surprised that there seems to be no police hauling them off. They're oh, yeah. seriously bothering everyone who, who lives on that street. You'd think that people would be calling the cops like all the time. Yeah, and, yeah um, you're right. A lot. And back uh, when they were driving off to meet Mayday, there was police, like, not letting the people into the streets, right? And now they are everywhere. It's just like they gave up and were like, okay, yeah, deal with them yourself. I think the one in the earlier episode might have been, like, they got a permit to protest on that street and shut it down. And this is just, like, people driving by in their spare time Mm. and being crazy over the top hateful okay so that fades into a shot of water and a bunch of white houses which we quickly learn is new bethlehem lawrence is taking the remaining commanders on a tour i only recognize calhoun and nick at this point do we know any of the others i don't know they're dropping like flies thanks to nick and lawrence everybody we know is dead 
Yes. Uh, Nick's just playing Lawrence's sidekick, as usual lately. And they're taking the other commanders on a tour of Lawrence's new brainchild, which will apparently be a land where Gilead exists, but under different rules. I think we learn later, no handmaids, women can read. Um, I'm not sure how it's going to be like Gilead, except no chemicals and, and stuff. But one of the other commanders asked the obvious question, won't all the slaves we own want to defect here? And Lawrence naively answers, because they don't have a free press, they will never know. Which is insane, because information travels pretty efficiently between Gilead and Canada, whether because of May Day or what. The scene ends with Nick basically threatening the dissenting commander with the Putnam treatment, which is immediately effective, and the commander like, begs for forgiveness, chases after him and begs for forgiveness for his lack of moral fortitude. And Lawrence says he's going to Toronto to talk to some families. He'd like to start with about 100. Nick looks at him then, obviously, knowing that he's going to be talking to June. I wanted to know what Lawrence was talking about um, when he said, think of it as our Hong Kong, one country, two systems. And I knew a little bit about China and Hong Kong, but I thought I'd just do a little bit of research. Should I read it? Yes. Okay. The constitutional principles formulated in the early 1980s during negotiations over Hong Kong between China and the UK. It provided that there would be only one China, but that these regions could retain their own economic and administrative systems, while the rest of mainland China uses the socialism with Chinese characteristic system. Under the principle, each of the two regions could continue to have its own governmental system, legal, economic and financial affairs, including trade relations with foreign countries, all of which are independent from those of the mainland. So I guess that's what Lawrence is trying to do here. Mm. Yeah, it's like his little experiment. And, you know, he's planning when we learn this later that he's planning to spread those, spread New Bethlehem to whole of Gilead when the experiment uh, succeeds. I always wondered about... Uh if Lawrence always wanted to have a kind of Gilead and gave the commander, the other commanders some ideas and they took them and did them in their own way and Lawrence didn't want that, like, like the slavery and everything because he was always so cynical about that, all of that. I mean, maybe not in that form. So I wasn't that surprised that he's now, now that the big hotshots are gone and he has all the power with his um, threats by getting his information through Lydia that he's now trying to push his idea but I really didn't expect that like this island that's completely separate and takes all the traders basically back like this could backfire so much if you have all the people that fled and a lot of them were probably troublemakers I don't understand why anyone would come back. Maybe a couple. It's a great question. Leave. Well, the families, it's the, the reasoning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's too. I tend to be close with their family, but literally that would be it. There's no other That's reason it. why they would want it. Right. I don't know if he knows about the protests and everything, because I know that has to be wearing a lot of people down to have all of this shit all the day, every day. People not wanting them. And I mean, there isn't much left of US where they could go to instead. And I think it isn't, isn't really advertised to go anywhere else than Canada, it seems. So you could, I think Luke mentioned later, like Europe and there are other countries, but I wonder how easy they allow though. Yeah, I was going to say, like, they don't want half Canadian citizenship though, do they? They're refugees. Right. right. I don't know what the legal status is. Yeah. I think Lawrence said in his scene that Canada is sick 
of yeah, million refugees. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, the constant, what's the opposite of influx? Reflux. Outflux. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Outflux? <laughs> <laughs> well, the constant outflux of population weakens Gilead. That's what Nick said. So they're worried about that yeah. as well. So not only that uh, Toronto is overflowing, but that Gilead is, you know, first they're killing people off for any given yeah. reason, and then the others are fleeing. So, you know, the population is just not there, or it's depleting. Well, it's slavery. It's the same as everyone's always going to try to escape slavery. Yeah. I also find it interesting that uh, Lawrence actually calls Gilead a regime to the other commanders. Yeah. Did you guys stumble upon point. that or not? I hadn't thought about it that way, but now that you mention it, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. And they haven't done that before. No. To my knowledge. Not so. among themselves. I also think it's like, it's going to be pretty easy, like, let's say June, because I think we realized, we did think it was an island, right? But then we realized from the map behind Putnam's head, it's not. It's just like on the coast or whatever. So if it's that Bethlehem star, yeah. Yeah. But he said it's an island. Yeah, Lauren it says it's a metaphorical, a liber- liberated mm. island with amnesty. Mm. Yeah. So did they get there by boat then, or did they swim across? Or what's the go? <laughs> Probably. They boat. seem pretty dry, so I guess it was a boat <laughs> or a plane. Because I was just thinking, like, because it was so, it was starting to get pretty easy from you know Gilead to get messages to Mayday and stuff. Like you would think mm-hmm. that people that went back who want to get there kids back would just like yeah. go into Gilead but I guess if it's not that easy then mm-hmm. you guys see the Truman show oh, a long time ago yeah New Bethlehem looks exactly like the place where Truman being an island it's exactly like it it's just like it I, I think yes. it's located somewhere around Good the point. same area as well maybe Lawrence has cameras uh, uh, all over the island to watch all the people doesn't sound unlikely. Broadcasting it to Canada. I like that Nick knew like how to persuade the other commander to change his mind. I was like, he's being a real good little puppy dog right now. Like it's his Lawrence's good books. Yeah, and, uh, which makes me wonder, <laughs> is it really what Nick is doing or is he, you know, playing his part? I hope, I think that he's still playing his game like he does always and he can't trust anybody anymore because even Lawrence betrayed him last season, kind of backstabbed him. And so he only has to wear the mask all the time. I don't know if he really got any realness out of Nick this season because everybody he can trust is gone now. So he has to play the game to stay in, to help, I hope. It's just from all the other seasons we have seen of him. That's the only assumption I can make because it's just, he's too guarded now. There's no telling. He's not around June, so he's never honest. Yeah, I think we can say that he uh, executed Putnam because of Esther, not because he wanted to help Lawrence with New Bethlehem. Yeah, definitely. You can tell from his reaction in that scene. So him mentioning this and saying that Putnam was, what was he lacking? Moral values. It was a threat, but also, the truth. I think maybe for the one commander that was, yeah, and the one commander that was asking questions, not to threaten him, but to warn him, dude, shut up, do what he's saying. 
not because I'm right. going to shoot you, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? It be a warning versus... Yeah. I don't think yeah. it was an empty thread. I think he probably did have something on him and obviously both... Mm-hmm. Definitely. But I think all of the commanders probably know that all of the commanders are doing things that are breaking the rule. Oh, sorry, the law. Shit on them, yeah. So I think it wouldn't be a surprise for them, but like... Yeah. Nick is probably still related to the eye somehow, so he probably does have yeah. information on this particular commander. So I don't think it was an empty thread of like, okay, if you don't do what we saying you're going to you mm-hmm. know end up like Putnam. I think it was like we know what you do and if you if you don't support our plan then yeah you know we will expose you. But it felt to me like Nick was just serving a line that Lawrence was expecting him to do. It was not yeah. something that Nick would do because Nick killed Putnam because of Esther, not because of New Bethlehem. Right. Yeah I agree. It felt like that. And I feel like Lawrence is like raising up the ranks again. And I maybe some of the commanders at not really sure where actually he stands. So they allow themselves to be very direct with him. And then they get burned because they forget that Lawrence is actually gaining power somewhere higher up. And uh, yeah, which we really don't know where he is. I was wondering if he took over Putnam responsibility after his death, maybe. So he's, you know, higher up in the council now. Surely there's more commanders across the country that should weigh on these. Like it's not just to the Boston Council to mm. to agree on it. So they're trying to like, you know, threaten all of these different commanders, but it's 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 got to be a really small portion of Gilead that they're, you know, getting behind the backs. Surely there's there's more to to it than that. So I don't know. Um I just had the thought that maybe Lawrence is trying to get all of the commanders he can get on his side so that if it comes to a vote, the bigger commanders he can't like threaten and anything that they outvote them maybe yeah because mckenzie would never be on board he knows that that means like exactly. coming back right so that's a good point maybe yeah i wouldn't try to convince him either next we're at the real prison and we hear the sound of a breast pump and see the back of serena before the camera shows her front breast pump first because she's a vessel now she is crying when someone calls her name and she turns off the pump Interesting because Yvonne was actually breastfeeding while filming this season. So I wonder if she was actually pumping in this scene. I don't see why not. Mrs. Wheeler approaches in her pretty dress and she really stands out in here. Apparently she's only here because Serena demanded she collect the milk in person. And Serena wants to know how Noah's doing. And Mrs. Wheeler basically ignores her question and gives her an empty bottle. Vessel. Mrs. Wheeler won't look at her. There's obviously no love lost here. So Serena tries apologizing for shooting Ezra, explaining, though, that she apparently knew he was wearing a bulletproof vest, which is weird that they'd allow Serena to go into a situation where Ezra needs to wear a bulletproof vest. But kind of hilariously, Mrs. Wheeler could care less about Ezra. I love how she just doesn't give a fuck. It's so (laughs) funny. She's like, whatever. She's so disgusted that they're discussing him at all. You're lucky you were in no man's land. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I have in my notes, then they agree that hormones make women crazy. Did Serena agree to that too? Yeah, anyway. she did. She right, did, but I think it was just to... Try to get Mrs. Wheeler on her good side. Yes. Mrs. Wheeler tells her that's why Noah belongs with them. Life with a newborn is chaos, and it would only set Serena back. And then she launches into this horrifying explanation that Noah's not eating, he won't sleep, he's just crying constantly. Mrs. Wheeler says they've been trying the cry it out method for weeks, and he won't sleep. What the fuck? He's he's a month old, I think she says later. Mm -hmm. Far too young for that, which Serena points out in a second, but I was horrified as a mom to hear any of that. 
But first, Mrs. Wheeler implies Serena doesn't have the mental toughness for taking care of a baby. And Serena says mental toughness under her breath. And then Serena begins telling Mrs. Wheeler exactly how fucking mentally tough she is. And she leads with, I have overthrown a country. So just for everyone out there that says she's a victim because she's a woman, she's not a victim. It was her fucking idea. And she's proud of it. Not one ounce of regret from Serena in any of these episodes. Uh, Mrs. Wheeler is all like stunned that Serena could possibly be angry with her. And Serena continues telling her Noah is one month old. He's far too young to be crying it out. True story. Mrs. Wheeler says that sentimentality is further proof that you are not equipped for motherhood right now. And Serena delivers an ironic response reminiscent of what June told her in the last episode. I know in my heart what's best for my child. That child came from me. That is my baby. But Mrs. Wheeler leaves pointing out Serena in here and Mrs. Wheeler's free and she will be looking out for Noah. I don't know why, but this whole scene, I was just laughing. The lines that Mrs. Wheeler was delivering was just... Alanis. Yeah. yeah. She's like an over-the-top. Alanis, it's just chef's kiss. Yeah. <laughs> when, when she said, you need to get yourself together. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Genevieve's really good in this role. Yeah. She's so good. Nobody could play this part um, so well. It's perfect. Oh, she's awesome. My notes were that it was a really good parallel to, I think it was 212, when uh, she doesn't want June in the house to yeah. fit Holly. So that was good. And I think it was a great delivery. Uh, and also when um, Serena said that Hannah was with fit parents to look in four, I think it is. Oh, sorry, five, four. Five or four. Yeah. So that was really good. Yeah. Um, irony. Is this cried out method a thing? Yeah. Yeah, but they're like, I don't know, six months or four months old at least by the time mm. before you would ever try that. Like a newborn wouldn't be able to respond to that. It's like when you get a puppy and you have to like put them in, you're supposed to like leave them like crying and barking, but I can never can them. Oh, baby. But also, at least it feels like this is really cruel for the baby, but then she actually tried to breastfeed um, <laughs> Holly and Nicole with. Non lactating breast. One of her finest moments. Also, was really, really cool because obviously the baby definitely <laughs> thought there was going to be some milk there. So, <laughs> but since we were talking about callbacks nipples. or uh, parallel on nipples, I'm done talking about your breast now. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what Serena said about Noah maybe uh, needing to be hugged. I thought of the hospital scene with Charlotte which was mm. when Charlotte was failing to thrive. It's exactly what she needed, body contact and not being, you know, yeah. left to the... Naomi's child. To himself in a room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also really like the line when Alana said, Noah has turned the house upside down. And Serena's like, has he? How so? <laughs> yeah. Just imagine this baby yeah. like running around the house, like <laughs> knocking things over. Throwing things. <laughs> yeah. Like a cat, you know, throwing yeah, things exactly. off ledges yes. and tables. And- oh, so funny. Right. And the funny thing is that we see later on that she has a nanny, right? So she doesn't even have to do that much. Yeah. What is she doing exactly? So Nothing. <laughs> she just wants the baby like Serena wanted. Hold yeah. it. Exactly the same. Yeah. She's like it's Naomi. like Naomi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Naomi was the same way. Yeah, she was complaining about like not sleeping at all, but we know that she's not waking up with that baby. So, similar. Next, June's scrubbing the graffiti off the sidewalk along with Luke and Moira. And Luke says, y'all are better at this than me. And she says, they've done it before. They used to make them scrub blood off of the wall. Not that different. Uh, apparently, the protesting has been getting worse over the years. They were fine when Luke got there and getting annoyed when Moira got out. And uh, Luke asks, 
if they should leave. June's all, yeah, let's go get some lunch. But Luke's like, no, I mean, like out of Toronto. June asks where, and Luke says, Alaska, Hawaii, Europe. Uh, June says, that's further from Hannah, so no. And her phone rings again. There's a lot of phone ringing in this episode. And there's a very surprising caller on the other end, Joseph Lawrence. And he's just around the corner, apparently, as he says, lovely weather in Toronto this time of year. Got a minute? Any other notes on that? I have one at the blood scraping line that June had. And I was like, wow, she's finally talking about her experiences in Gilead. So I think the the whole experience in the cages and the Serena thing and all of that somewhat opened her up I guess she's mm-hmm. like she needs to talk about it I always wanted that so it's but it came as a surprise now but I'm like loving it because she's matter-of-factly like well I scraped all the blood from the wall so well I'm mm. used to that this is another reminder that obviously Luke's just missing out so much of the stuff that she went through yeah like his face is like shocked that they had to do that but I was just surprised by the truck that was speeding by because it was it was really aggressive i wasn't that much bothered by the the shouters the people who were shouting but the truck that you know sped by that was kind of fucked up i just remembered uh, another thing i wanted to mention is like (laughs) i found it funny how lawrence just calls like he's always in the neighborhoods and he's like hey yeah just want to come for a coffee (laughs) whoa Want to grab a beer? Just a delivery. Yeah. So the next scene is June and Lawrence walking along the water. Gorgeous shots of the city across the way. But to the conversation, the gist is that Lawrence has no regrets about democracy being gone, but he unfortunately had to use a bunch of sick religious fucks to help him pull off his grand government plan. And he underestimated their depravity. But he writes it off as triage and immediate need, and it worked, and now he wants to move away from it. June just wants to know if he's going to let Hannah out. Lawrence is telling her about Bethlehem. It's a paradise with no handmaids, reading, diaries. Diaries sound like a really good idea anywhere in Gilead, by the way. But supposedly there are no hangings, so hooray. He wants her to come live there. He can even arrange for Hannah and her new family to come live there. And like any mom, June's just horrified. He just said her new family. What do you know? Is she getting married? And he says he doesn't know anything, but this is Gilead, June. They all do. And at least she can come be close to Hannah here, which has always been her second best goal to getting her out. And she asks him again, you're saying I can be with my daughter? Yes, yes. Canada must have dulled your wits, but um, I say that that is only evidenced by her next question when she asks how he's going to keep them safe and which she obviously cannot do and Lawrence hilariously replies I've been grooming Nick not sexually (laughs) Uh, but he's fully on board and you know he's always had your back and I sincerely hope Lawrence is lying here because everything I know about Nick's character would absolutely revolt against Nicole crossing the border into Gilead after all they did to get her out and safe he would not allow that in my opinion uh, Lawrence tells her that he knows it's a lot to think about, but he hands her a phone that she can use to call him after this as she thinks about it. I think him mentioning that Nick is there is just a because she asked for safety and he mentions Nick because he knows that she knows that Nick will always keep her safe. And if he's keeping her safe, then of course she won't have any issue to come and bring her daughter there because Nick is there and watching over them and stuff like that. I'm not thinking that Nick is really fully in. I, I, as you said, it's so it would be so out of character for him to want her back, especially yeah. that child that he has helped get out and risked yeah. his life for. 
So, yeah. Well, I think June clocks on that a little bit. I, I feel like her reaction is like, I'm a bit surprised, I'm going to say, that yeah. Nick is fully on board. And I feel for, for a second, um, she doubts Lawrence. But then her her need to see Hannah, you know, stumps over everything. Yeah. But I think her initial reaction is, um, wait, what? Nick is on board? <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what I what I saw and thought. Her reaction reminded me of when um, Serena mentions Nick in 105 about the sexual encounter between the two of them to get mm-hmm. her pregnant. Um, it was a little bit like taking mm-hmm. aback, but also it was the same way Lawrence mentions June in 401 when Nick is telling uh, Lawrence that he's been pretty much sentenced to death. And he does the same thing. Like he's like trying to talk to him about, you know, it would be a political gain for Gilead and then, uh, you know, more to align with your own beliefs. And it's the same with June. He tries to talk about the UN and all of that. Uh, And when that doesn't work, Mm. he mentions June to Nick and Nick to June. So he's doing the same thing, just playing both of them by using each other's names. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had a point to make about Hannah and about the promise that Lawrence makes to June about her. Well, First of all, her 12-year-old daughter is going to be married off to some some man who nobody knows anything about at this point. So who is going to guarantee that June can actually spend time with Hannah, even if they're both in New Bethlehem? Her husband might be like, no, I don't want her her mother there, her biological mother there. And June will be essentially banned from their house. So there isn't there are no guarantees of anything. Lawrence is definitely promising her way too much. Oh, that, you're right. You can't trust any of that, even if he was trying to, like you're saying, like even if he wanted to help her, you he doesn't have that amount of power. And also everybody gets killed left and right. So you just And Nick doesn't have that power to like protect her either. Like he wouldn't be on board of that. One, because right. again, we know that Mackenzie's after her, you know, that's the only reason why he's not taking the deal with Twello, which is much sweeter deal than whatever Lawrence wants to do with these. Right. So he, well, he's already told her to like be safe and that, you know, uh, Mackenzie's powerful. So of course, if they're back in Gilead, again, even if it's a completely different Gilead, the rules are different. Mackenzie's going to have a better way of getting at it than in any other place on Earth. So why would Nick be okay with that? So of course he's not on board, but he's trying to to play her. So she is on board because then if she's on board, then maybe Nick would be on board. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he would go if she was there just to protect her, but... And to get her odds again. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, my God. God. Damn it, June. Lauren said also you could actually leave New Bethlehem. So... Oh, he did? He also, Yeah, he promises oh, yeah. that yeah. it's possible. Please. Exactly. It's an experiment. And Lawrence, even if he has the families that came back from, uh, from Toronto, he's going to have to adjust making you know uh going forward with the project and experiment he's gonna have to adjust and optimize so he he can't promise everything that he's promising june because he doesn't know how things are gonna go once people are there right yeah can i just ask one thing um is lawrence religious no no he reminds me of hamilton just because he all he cared about was getting his financial system in (laughs) he was willing to do anything else in order to get that and it works 
Back home with Luke, she's obviously told him the offer, and he says, yeah, no, we're not going to go and live in Gilead. And I'm with Luke, 100% with Luke. She defends Lawrence, saying he said the eyes of the world would be on them, so they'll be safe. Um, That didn't work before, so I don't know why that would work now. Though she adds they're going to use it to try to be admitted to the UN, and Luke says he doesn't understand how she didn't shut it down right away. And I'm once again with Luke. And June says she will do anything to be close to Hannah, anything, wouldn't you? And he says, of course he would, and then launches into how Hannah's about to be raped by some old man. And that's enough for him and this conversation. He grabs the laundry basket and leaves the room, but June chases him, saying, That's exactly why we have to do this. And Luke says, No, that's why we have to get her out. And June's following him around, saying, The government hasn't brought us one step closer ever. And Luke asks, So you trust Lawrence, a Nazi? And June starts listing all the things Lawrence has done. And it's not a short list. I'm not saying he can ever make up for the bad that he's done, but there is a significant list of the good that Lawrence has done in the past couple of years. He got Nicole out, he got Emily out, he let Mayday into his home, he helped with Angel's flight. He brought Fred to her and none of that benefited him at all, but he put his life on the line over and over again. He has been my friend. Luke's had it at that point. Your friend, the architect of Gilead and Serena tortured you. She participated in your rape. She kidnapped our child and you just want to save her life. OT's acting here is amazing. He screams at her. I fucking hate what they've done to our family. I fucking hate what they've done to you. He was doing really well, but then the next sentence is shitty. He gets in her face and condescendingly says, I promise you, you're letting your emotions cloud your judgment uh not cool luke and that pisses june off too of course you don't understand how i feel of course you don't look what you did to serena and her baby and he says i did that for you and june replies i never asked you to do that and then luke says june just let me protect you sometimes please and finally june tells him the thing is i don't need your protection i don't need it hannah does i'm so grateful for that sentence because june can take care of herself and his continued deference to him really bothers me and doesn't feel like june what June says about uh, the eyes of the world being on New Bethlehem and that being the protection. I need to call bullshit because look at uh, North Korea, look at Russia, look at you Ukraine, know, regime countries, Afghanistan, Iran, like, yeah, everywhere. Showing what the fuck they want on TV, yeah. putting people, it, it's even like Gilead itself uh, presenting waterford and serena on this couch in this creepy apartment looking stage with june standing behind looking like she's supporting it they can show anything so that's that's really nothing argument that's a zero argument (laughs) but i have to say that i think that gilead was more of the north korea and everything like that and i think what lawrence at least wants to do is like open this up for the world so that the world, like Canada and everybody, gives them money. And, uh, but it's uh, it's a verbal promise. I know, I know. He we can don't do know if he would, whatever yeah. he wants, exactly. The rules can also change in Gilead or in New Bethlehem. Yeah, that's true. One more note about Luke um, saying that th- uh, they need to get Hannah out instead of going into New Bethlehem. And he says that, well, she's going to get married off. She's going to get married off anyways if she stays in Gilead or in New Bethlehem. So what I was thinking is that June, what June plan is, or what she's maybe thinking about is going to New Bethlehem to uh, reconnect with Hannah, to see her, to tell her of the world and to convince her to get out, get back, whatever. So this is like a stopping point. So June, probably what I assume, maybe I'm making an ass of, me and June, but I assume that she wants to get in just to get in contact with Hannah, convince her to get out and then scram. 
from New Bethlehem. So she's not really planning on living her life there, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. For me, it was like, they, they are out weeks, months, I don't know how long. They can't do anything and the government isn't really helping. So I totally get it. This is the only opportunity that he, she has to get at least close to her and somehow try to, I mean, June always wins it. So she hopes that she gets in and then get any solution to get all of them out. So yeah, I get it. And that's fine, but she can't take Nicole That is being a terrible mom. And so um, yeah. with Luke, this whole episode, fine. You can go in June. I don't care. It's fine. But you could not take your other daughter. Yeah. I mean, June is like unhinged, it seems, in this episode to me. Like, she's just blinded. This is the first real possibility of actually getting close to Hannah. Yeah. And then obviously that's just clouding her judgment, which is yeah. what Luke says in a really poorly way. But, um, you know, she does think that well, you said, Claudia, that it's just a way of like getting there and then, you know, try to get to her and, and do something about it. The thing is like, this is not going to happen overnight, though. They're not going to get there overnight. They're not going to no. get there on time to actually stop her from getting married. Right. So again, it's just Lawrence maybe not telling her the whole story. Telling her what she wants to hear because he wants her there. Yeah, that's it. And then she just wants to, to believe that they can they can get there. Yeah. And you can also see like a little shift in June when they were talking by the seashore that when Lawrence laughs and says, yes, I'm talking about, you know, you being with Hannah, you can see June like lights out. It's like, I'm going to be with her. And she's like in her world there. So she's like tunnel vision again. Yeah. The one thing I have to say about the Nicole issue is that I think that June is just so desperate to get to Hannah, but doesn't want to lose anybody again so she's like Lawrence said it's safe Nick will be surely watching over us and keeping us safe so I can have all my family there and not lose anybody again so I guess she's just of course she's not thinking clearly but the, the whole safety thing that Lawrence promised her she does trust him way too much mm. she's like it will be safe I can take my baby with me of course I can so yeah but even if she doesn't trust him, like he's given her what she wants. So even if, yeah. you know, she probably does have her doubts herself, but it's still better than just leaving Hannah there. And it contrasts with, you know, Luke saying, oh, of course, I want to get Hannah out. But he's been thinking about leaving Canada and getting away from Hannah. So they're just in yeah. two completely mm. different places. And that's why these it's such a big, you know, argument for both of them and conflict. Yeah, because they're yeah. just... To complete, and I understand both points of views. I I it is crazy and it is a stupid, stupid idea, right? And June wanting to get Nicole to New Bethlehem without clearing up the you know, getting married off situation. I mean, what are rules about that? You know, she's gonna get married off when she's 14, or are we dropping the whole religious craziness? Yeah, I just wanted to say, like, even though I side with Luke, it does bother me when he. Like, I understand how, how much it pisses June off when he says, no, we're just going to get her out because as if that's something that he can do, right? Because exactly you know, this whole time, yeah, he's never been able to do anything. So stop talking as if that's something that you can do, right? I get that. Yeah. Like, this is something we can try to do. Back at Serene's prison, we're staring at her feet and then we see in here a chair being pulled out and only then do we see it's Lawrence, nearly newlyweds, these two. Serena asks if he's getting her out of there and he says, yes, he's gotten Canada to agree to hand her back to Gilead custody. And Serena demands 
he get her baby back. And Lawrence calls her out for making a lot of demands for someone in her position. She continues, though, he's got to help her with the wheelers. And he says, oh, I have. They're going to let you return to a room in their house. Yay. Um, Lawrence says it looks great for Gilead having her there. So you got to go back. And Serena tells him they're trying to take Noah from her. Lawrence points out they have legal status to care for her baby, which Serena does not anymore. And as usual, Yvonne's doing some incredible acting as tears spill out of her eyes. She finally says, I'm not going to live in the same house as my child. Child's kidnappers teeing up one of my favorite Lawrence lines ever. Do you have an irony deficiency? To which Serena insists, I am not a handmaid. How much did you guys love that line? Isn't it amazing? Yeah. Yep. I love Lawrence. Oh my God. I love how he's like there to help her, but he's not actually helping her. He's just kind of yeah. sending her back to, and he loves it too. It's hilarious. He's enjoying it immensely. Yeah. yeah. And he's done talking about her boobs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was just thinking, why does it look good for Gilead for Serena to be at the wheelers? That's what I was wondering. And she says um, he will help release Serena back into Gilead custody. And then the next thing he says that she's going back to the wheelers. And I'm like, are they Gilead now? Yeah. Is this Gilead? Is this a Gilead own property. I think he meant Gilead custody himself. Yeah, and and then he, he can do what. Oh. Yeah, and he decided for Serena to go to the Wheelers. That's how I took it. Yeah, I do think it has to be a Gilead property though, in order for her to be like legally living there, right? Yeah, maybe it is. Isn't that the deal maybe. for her? She has to be on Gilead property. Yeah, I still just don't yeah. understand how it makes them look better. But anyways, I don't think it does. I don't think they just care about her anymore. They just have their baby. The baby looks good. In, yeah, exactly. In in Gilead's po- property, but not Serena. She's just the best one now, which is Lawrence doesn't want to deal with her either. So exactly, and I think Gilead does. No, they have no no jobs for her anymore. She's done. <laughs> no jobs. Not pregnant anymore. Yeah, and she's like a poster mummy living in Canada. Like the perfect example that Gilead works is that she has a baby. Okay, she doesn't have a husband because he's deceased, but she is being taken care of by a Gilead adjacent family. And she's, you know, a poster mummy. She's like a nice picture of Gilead in Canada. So this is probably why Lawrence is, you know, trying to push her there. He's playing everyone. He's there to put his chess pieces where yeah, wants to have them. Exactly. He's also getting rid of her because obviously she knows about his involvement with um friend's murder. So mm. yeah, he doesn't want her in Gilead. This way she doesn't come back to Gilead. Yeah. Yeah. She's too much trouble. Then we go straight from talking about a crying baby to a different crying baby. And we can hear the honking outside. The refugee protesting has really leveled up. June takes her up into her bed where you can see Nick's doll. Yay. I was getting real worried about that. And these twins, Phoebe and Olivia, are the names of these tiny, gorgeous actresses, by the way. They're just absolutely beautiful. Nicole's crying, mama. And then when June lays her in the crib, she puts her thumb in her mouth and June starts singing to her. I'll be your mirror in case you don't know. It's the sweetest scene and she's remembering hannah too luke comes to the door and he's watching and it's super sweet she's fallen asleep and then she starts talking to her about hannah i want you to know your big sister she has the biggest heart and she would love you so much and luke's in the doorway crying june starts remembering the drive um trying to escape and running through the woods and all the time she's seen hannah and gilead and so many flashback memories quite a sad montage and next thing we know it's morning and she slept in holly's bed all night nicole sorry we call her holly too 
I just love that baby or two babies, whoever the baby, I know. baby it is. <laughs> They're like literally the cutest. She's gotten so big. Yeah. And she's got so much hair now. She's in a big, big girl bed. Yeah. I just love the the parallel where she's singing the same song. I just, yeah. yeah, yeah. It made me tear up. It was, it was really sad. It was good to get a Holly and June scene. Yeah, I liked it. And I get why she's so focused on Hannah, but I do think that there's concern that she doesn't care enough about Holly. So it's nice to see them together. Yeah. June wakes up in Nicole's bed and she's not there. So June's worried about where she is and she hurries downstairs and finds Tuello instead of Holly. She asks Luke where Nicole is and she's adorably at music class with Moira. Although I do object to Moira and Rita primarily being used as nannies this season. Anyway, Tuello is here as a follow-up to Lawrence's visit. June points out he's going to be busy, which makes me wonder who else Lawrence even knows that he can visit in Toronto to convince them to come back. Tuello points out that Lawrence is trying to erase America and she cannot trust him. She's a symbol to the resistance and a get for him. If she goes, others will follow. Even if he's a Gorbachev, he'll be followed by Putin and you will get trapped there. And she says, how can you not understand that none of that matters to me without my daughter? So he switches gears and asks if she really doesn't feel she owes her country anything. <laughs> and she says they just got captured doing something for him, which is, I think, bullshit. They did that for themselves. And I don't think in any scenario, Tuella would have wanted them to do that. It was a liability, a bad idea. But she asks if they're doing anything with the information that they got. And he says they are, but can't tell her because it's classified. And she says, no, you do not say that to me, which is enough to give her clearance, it seems. And he tells her they're planning a military action, but he can't tell her more. She says, that's not enough. Lawrence is offering us Hannah. You're offering us nothing. And Tuello says, please just trust us. Trust in your country. And she says, what country? And drops the mic and leaves. Tuello's back. Yay. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, everybody's using June. That's my only note. Oh, yeah. yeah. She really is the Mockingjay. And it's interesting how they want to make these uh, contemporary analogies in this episode. There are, there are yeah. several of, the, of them. The Gorbachev. The, with Gorbachev and, yeah. and Putin. Yeah, yeah. And then they had Hong Kong. Right, and Singapore. And, and then mm. Hong Kong, Singapore, and then the Nazi yeah. and Shen. Not really contemporary, but still sort of real right. contemporary. Historical. Mm-hmm. Mm. Obviously, the biggest reason she shouldn't go is that power changes in Gilead are, you know, constant. Mm. So it wouldn't matter if Lawrence was the best guy ever and he had the best plan ever and it was going to like be true. It wouldn't matter at all because he's going to get shot in a minute and, mm. you know, Waterford part two is going to come in. I'd say that. My other only note was about the fact that they had Hannah's address end of last season for weeks they knew where she was they didn't do anything about it now this new information they have is really really important and they're going to do something about it and it's purely because you know this new Gilead is coming and they just don't want to lose the people I get that he's you know as a US um, citizen he's a lot more worried about it than the Canadians Um, but it does seem that they're again just using June to keep it quiet so people don't follow her but anyway it just reminded me of uh, Nick uh, saying that they're politicians and they don't give a shit about mm. us. They don't right. yeah. give a shit about Hannah or June. That's definitely true. If they would have, you know, if they, they care about it, they would have done something weeks ago when they, they knew what There's she was. There's a proof. Yeah. 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 Tuella was saying that they're already preparing for action, right? Like they were yeah. planning something before even they got info on the wife school. That's what he's implying. I don't think so. I think it's supposed to be related to whatever was on the thumb drive. But didn't you say that, yeah, there was nothing on the wife's school? Oh, is that what he meant? They're preparing, but they can't yet because they've got 
no info. Is that That's what, what I understood. Right. I think it's just bullshit by Tuella because I don't think that they would have ever done anything if June would just stay put. And now yeah, they fear they that wouldn't. the whole country is collapsing again and yeah. they lose everybody else now. So because they don't care. That's the only reason. Yeah, they, they don't do care it, about Hannah. They don't care about June. They don't no. care. It is too risky. Of course. They would start a war. Yeah, they're trying to yeah. go in for one girl. I hope if they go in for Hannah, they take out a few more girls because it's like such a waste if they're already in, they can do so much more because then it's it's like all bets are off anyway. So take more than one. Forgot that. I'm so curious how this is going to go down. I kind of like though that he said the words that she's a symbol of the resistance because I hoped that they would go there with series that she's like the basically the mocking chain like tributes of Panem. And I mean they haven't really done anything with it because June was like more trying to not go after Gilead or and I still hope she does kinda do something against them, but have it spelled out. I mean we don't know how the refugees are reacting to June other than that some thought she was a hero for Angel's flight, but then on the other hand, when the kids weren't adjusting, it wasn't that good anymore, right? So it's interesting if we get to see what they really think of her, not just having Trello's words, even though I liked this because that's what I wanted to see. So, yeah. Then finally, a Rita and June scene. Yay. They're sitting on the steps where she spoke to Emily last season, and June's asking Rita what she would do in her place. She doesn't want to answer, to interfere, but June pushes her, please, I'm, I'm asking you, what would you do? And Rita answers, she's moving forward with her life here, and she would never go back there. And June's like, okay, got it. Don't move to New Bethlehem. But then Rita continues, but I don't have a child there. And June quickly looks back and Rita continues, if there was a world where my son wasn't dead, I would do anything to see him. I would travel to the ends of the earth. And June's nodding and they're both teary and June reaches over and they hold hands and thank God, finally a good Rita June moment and an honest mm-hmm. one. I loved it. Amanda's amazing and I would like to see more of her. It's it's just so true to all moms, all, yeah. all of this. It's like, definitely, of course, yeah. anything. Right? I loved it. Yeah, me too. And now June has come to visit Serena. It seems June's come to find out if Serena knows anything about New Bethlehem, but Serena wants to use June to help sponsor her. This reminds me of last season when Rita visited her, and then next she knew Tuella was bringing over all the things Serena's lawyers wanted her to say in her defense. Uh, She uses people. June tells her, and this is so appreciated, Serena, we're not friends. And Serena's like, but you forgave me. And June's like, Serena, I'll never forgive you. And Serena's, oh, what about the barn? Now we're besties. And and June says, nope, that was for your baby who hasn't done anything wrong. And I turned the other cheek. I guess I'm a better Christian than you. Serena's crying. What am I going to do now? And June delights in telling her she's going to go back to the Wheelers. And June actually looks like giddy as she says it. Serena smiles humorlessly. How? How do you go and live in a house with a woman who's trying to steal your baby june tilts her head and asks are you seriously asking me that she is she asked her again how did you ever live with me and june's like um okay okay i'll tell you 
here's what you're going to do. You're going to go back in there and you're going to act like a handmaid, but the entire time you'll be plotting against them and planning your revenge. And Serena asks, is that what you did? And June points out, look at what happened to Fred and look at you now. And she gets up and starts walking out. Serena asks again, what would you do if you were me? And June throws her a bone and comes back and tells her honestly, Listen to me. You cannot help your child if you're not with them. I would go back. And as she has many times in this show, she's not only talking about Serena, but also herself. Um, I really like this scene so much. Smart writing, tying those problems together. And thank God June's not, you know, they're not going to go the friend route with her rapist because that would be a shocking message to all the survivors that Mm. follow this show. So yay! Serena's work. I just love how like delusional Serena is. She's like, but but we're friends. Come on, (laughs) after the last episode, I was hoping that this would come, and she delivered it, and it was so perfect. Yeah, I mean, June saw a little bit of herself in Serena when she was in the hospital without a baby and crying after the baby, and she, you know. Mm felt for her like she did for her handmaid's friends which she saw a lot of them dying while giving birth or or you know so um i understood maybe in that moment but that i'm surprised that it carried over for so long like the empathy for serena that it carried carried over uh for so long and i was really glad that june you know straightened that out and said no we're not friends and this is my last word of of advice do this and then please Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Same. Hopefully. I like how Serena thought that June forgave her as well. Like, when did she ever forgive you? Right. When did you, you said sorry. You said, I'm sorry. Like, you barely said anything. Yeah. June's now in some sort of office of Lawrence's. I guess this is the Gilead Information Center. I guess that's the desk Serena yeah. was at. Okay. And he leads with, see how I make everything work out for you? And she leads with, Luke does not trust you. And he asks how to persuade the reluctant husband. And June says, stop Hannah from getting married and then I'll come. And Lawrence replies, Gilead's gonna Gilead. Good reply. It's not that bad. It's an arranged marriage. And she starts screaming, fuck you, all those women, girls raped, tortured, abused in a world you created, you sick fuck. Lawrence is suitably ashamed and crying. He looks so sad. And he says, you think I don't know what I did? You think I wouldn't take it back? I'd let the whole fucking human race just die out so I wouldn't have Gilead on my conscience. So she tells him to do something and he's yelling, I am. That's what this is. None of the sham trials and handmaids and child brides. And Hannah's going to be a child bride. Nicole is not. Countries can reform. In five or ten years, it can be better. A Singapore of yore, which is a good rhyme. And he pleads, June, I need you. Please help me fix it. Come to New Bethlehem. Come be with your daughter. Come help me make more of a difference in Gilead than mayday ever will i have to believe i can fix it i have no choice it's either that or kill myself like eleanor did one or the other i thought that was a big foreshadow okay maybe he's dying at the end of it all because he just called it but you know i could never see lawrence killing himself for some reason i mean i hope he would just do something to help somebody and die that way but we i mean we won't yeah. know Probably, hopefully, till season six, yeah. because I want him to stay there till the end, because he's just one of the best. We just need him on the show, yeah. Because it feels like that's what Elena did. Like, she obviously she had her demons and a lot of, like, mental issues, but it did seem like she only did it big, well, not only, but she, what triggered it was, you know, that she was breaking and she was giving away the, the Angel's Flight plan. Right. That's a good point. So it would be yeah. a nice... Parallel. Parallel. If he did something, you know, 
knowingly that he's probably going to die to better things. Right, yeah, sacrifice. If we look back at season three, he was like, maybe I can be a hero. So I'm like, I hope he at least gets to something really heroic in the end. I do so. And I think that this new Bethlehem situation probably won't work. I mean, it's a dream of him, but yeah. Yeah. He's so desperate to change his the past and all this mm. guilt that he has and Eleanor. And- yeah. I, I loved it that he's telling her that he actually has guilt for all of it because we never really heard it yeah. from him. Mm. But I don't know. makes me think, so, think a little bit if it's all really coming out of him or if it's a little bit pointed at June to convince her to get on board. I felt like it was a bit of both. Like I felt like he yeah. was definitely trying to, you know, pull on pull on her heartstrings, I guess. Yeah. Um, to help him fix it. Like he says, I need your help, like specifically, mm-hmm. right? But I do think that the tears and the emotion was personally, I think it was real. Just because I do think that everything that he actually wanted, like he said, went septic. And mm. what he wanted just didn't happen and everything went insane and he does want to fix it and he does want to do it for Eleanor. And I think Bradley should definitely submit this episode <laughs> to the <laughs> Emmys because I yeah. I really liked seeing that more emotional side of him because, you know, with Lawrence we see a lot of, you know, we see a lot of jokes and funny shit, mm. but it was good to see something more yeah more emotional maybe that's what rubs me the wrong way is that it's so unusual for him that it makes me think that uh he's upping the ante for june a little bit there (laughs) maybe i don't know we're gonna see but um, yeah i've got a question like what do you think like again i know that is her story and we all think that june is very very important but why does he need her specifically again is it just because he's a, a symbol and people follow her is that why everybody is using her or is there something else going on there that- I think again a bit of both like well June basically orchestrated Angel's flight right so uh she's pretty fucking smart I think why Lawrence wants June is because he is a constant reminder of the right thing to do she's like a reminder of Eleanor she's like yeah. Bradley says in, in interviews mm-hmm. she blows the sparks of decency so yeah. maybe he, he believes be having yeah having her there having her ideas and having her input it's gonna make New Bethlehem better yeah interesting hopefully then June's doing some gardening again and then Luke interrupts her reverie. He's trying to get her attention and she snaps out of it when she says, when he says they got a package and it's a CD with a video of the girls at wife school and Hannah's there looking in the direction of the camera even. And she even stops as the line backs up behind her. And now June's more convinced than ever that she needs us. We have to go wherever she is. She needs us before something happens to her. Luke says, I understand, but I can't let you go. By now, everyone knows how much it bothers us that he says what he can let or not let June do. And I, I hate the way that he says things like that, but I agree with him in the spirit of this argument. I'm on his side. He points out, who's to say they aren't going to put you on the fucking wall the moment you cross the border? And now June gets super agitated. What are we going to do? What are you going to do? The same thing you've done for the past seven years? Fucking nothing? 
And that was a knife to his heart and she knows it, but she can't quite bring herself to apologize for over 10 seconds. I counted, but then she does. So she shouldn't have said that. She's sorry. Luke looks like it's anything but fine, but he says it's fine. And he admits that he's had a feeling ever since she got back that she's going to leave and never come back. And she says, we can go as a family. Thank God. Luke tells her we aren't taking Nicole into Gilead. At least somebody learned from not getting out in time last time. And June says, then she'll have to go without them. And Luke has a really funny, sarcastic laugh after that and says, we're never going to be enough for you, are we? June says, Luke and Nicole will be fine without her. Hannah needs her. And she just left her there. She just left her behind. And she's crying. And when Luke points out, you stayed for so many years, she just keeps going on and on about how she abandoned her and she needs her mom. And Luke holds her and hugs her while she continues crying. This is probably one of my favorite Luke and June scenes. I thought... OG's acting in this scene was fucking great. OG was amazing in this scene, yeah. Yeah, in the whole episode, actually. But, yeah, I like the scene. Um, I thought they were being pretty honest with each other. Finally, Finally. like, I, mm. not having had this come out before was, like, shocking to me. Because, of course, you'd have so much resentment, just naturally, right? And mm. and I'm sure people are going to be like, there's nothing he could have done. But there are things. Like, he could have gone into Chicago with Moira and Una. Like, you could have seen him doing more. And There's Mayday at the border. Yeah, Moira was out and, and managed to get her out whilst she already escaped. So, you know, he could have tried and maybe could have got to them earlier. Yeah, there were just things. So uh, For me, it was hard to watch June, like... Uh fall apart again but june keeps saying uh, she needs us she needs us but i think i feel like it's just june's guilt after seeing her alive there in gilead knowing yeah. you know seeing her really alive in gilead that it's just this guilt like erupting out of her so it's not that hannah needs it but june feels so much guilt for leaving yeah. her there that uh, she cannot control anymore the control is poof out the window she you know it's the only thing she can think of the thing is like she also knows what's happened to esther um mm. you know being a wife that young mm. yeah so you know that's that's what they kind of like she they don't really have that much time to kind of like stop that from happening another thing that i really like this thing because yeah this is probably the first time they've been brutally honest with each other um, yeah it makes me really sad that they don't seem to be in the same team and we discussed that earlier but the way he says we're never going to be enough, we being Holly, Nicole, and Luke, and then the other people at like Hannah and June, like that's two different teams, and that's his family, mm. and he yeah. doesn't seem to see himself within that same team. It's sad that that's the way he sees their family. Like they're not, you know, it's not the four of them. It's just two and two. Mm-hmm. I actually felt like I do. I do feel bad for Luke also. Like mm. he's never gonna be able to unhear what she just said. And that's going to be really sad for him forever. So mm. I think it's a recurring uh, subject for Luke that he doesn't really know how to express directly. But he says here, um, please stay to June when she says she needs to go. And I feel like this major problem that he has is that he needs her. He needs June to um, pick him, like choose him over Hannah. And or anything, yeah. Let's stay together. Like it's just like the song he's singing to her, you know? It's all exactly. And I mean, I don't know why he feels that way, because maybe probably of because of the guilt that they didn't make it out and she stayed in Gilead, that he feels absolved of this mistake that he made. Maybe that's why he wants June to to pick him 
over everything else. And I feel like, I think it was you, Raquel, who mentioned that he kind of chose Nicole as an, like an ersatz for Hannah. So he has this fatherly uh, instinct met with, with mm-hmm. Nicole. So what he actually needs is June uh, picking him over everything else, which I feel for him, really. I mean, yeah. it must hurt when, when, when June said, you know, then stay with Nicole, I'm going to leave you again. Mm-hmm. But do you feel like the reason why he doesn't want her to leave or be apart from him is because he does have this probably, you know, certainty that she's not in love with him anymore and that the relationship is falling apart. So the second she's away from him and that relationship is not practical anymore, she's never going to come back to him. And the chance of, you know, ever making it, it's close to zero. So I think that's why he feels that way. And he's very protective of that. Yeah. Yeah, He's overcompensating from yeah. what happened the first time. Then we're at New Bethlehem again, this time with just Lawrence and Nick. Nick compliments him doing it after all this time. So I guess he's been working on it for a long time. Lawrence is detailing his 400 point plan. Well, through point four, when Nick asks what he really wants to know, which way June is leaning. And he looks kind of shocked when Lawrence tells him he thinks June is leaning towards a yes. If he had to put money on it, he'd say June and Nicole will be here in the next year or two. Nick stops and turns to him at that point. You really think so? Lawrence daydreams about Nick and Rose there pushing Junior in a swing. Lawrence wants Nick to be his ally here. And Nick just says it's an interesting proposal full of risks. Lawrence dangles the June and Holly carrot again. You could be with both of your children, be with both of the women you love. And Nick looks uncomfortable and sigh. Or I think he like chuckles, right? He scoffs. He basically scoffs. He scoffs. Thank you. Yes, Nick scoffs. Because we all know that it's very evident that he does not love Rose in that way. And Nick looks uncomfortable in size as Lawrence walks off. I'm not sure if uh, Lawrence is making jokes or actually trying to convince Nick with this arguments that have nothing to do with Nick or are not the arguments to use to convince Nick to do what Lawrence wants him to do. And I find it really like a head scratcher that uh, when Nick points out the risks not the uh, personal risks, but the uh, political risks of uh, being Lawrence's right hand in New Bethlehem. Lawrence considers like really two, three seconds and then uh, continues with personal reasons to which the way I saw it, Nick uh, responds negatively. So I feel like um, Lawrence overdid it there a little bit if this was really his argument and Nick picked up on it. And I feel like when uh, Lawrence said that June will probably be here in a year or two, Nick had to stop. I mean, he didn't lose his uh, Gilead mask, but he like actually had to stop walking because he was so uh, surprised that this is actually uh, what June had said. And I think knowing Nick, he probably suspects that uh, Lawrence has told a nice story to June and not the whole truth to make her come to New Bethlehem. Again, is what we were saying earlier, that he's lying to everybody because if he's going mm. to be one, two years, it's going to be too late for Hannah. Um, so he's not told June this. June seems to think that there's going to be something eminent. And in Lawrence's mind, obviously, this you know, this has not even been approved yet. So that's a good point. Yeah. He's just trying to like throw in ideas to these people, thinking that that's what is going to convince them to come or be on board with it. But it's just one is not true. It's all very much in the air. And specifically in this scene with Nick in season four, episode three, Nick 
actually tells Lawrence that he doesn't care if June is never going back to him. Like he just wants her safe and alive. Mm. So that's a conversation that they had a few months ago. And he was very honest about it. Probably the most honest Gillian mask off that we've ever seen Nick. So to use these to convince him to be on board with it, it just seems really mm. stupid from Lawrence. Yeah. Lawrence knows that Nick's playing a part in Gilead. So he doesn't want to be a commander in the new Gilead. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want June and his child to to be in Gilead. He doesn't want Mm. the child that's on her way to to be in Gilead either. And and Lawrence should know that. So again, it seems like he's using the wrong motives to convince Arguments, yeah. 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 This moment where Lawrence basically showed Nick that he can live here too or he would live here too and that June will come and everything showed me that Nick wasn't in in on the plan, right? Because mm. it showed that uh, Lawrence was practically bullshitting June. That was proof of that for me now. Because I was like, why is he mm. now convincing him? It's like, yeah, definitely playing both sides. So Lawrence assumed that June is going to come when uh, Lawrence assures that Nick's going to uh, protect her. And he knew that Nick's going to be on board when June comes to uh, New Bethlehem. So he's really just, you know, putting his chess pieces the way he wants them. Uh, But also for Nick, the one time he's spoken to June recently, he's already told her that people in Gilead want to get to her and that, you know, she needs to be safe and needs to keep Nick all safe. So probably from his, like, even even though he knew um, Lawrence was going to Toronto and he was probably going to speak to June, he probably thought that she was going to be cleverer than that and be like, no, thank you. That's a stupid idea. Um, Mm. So I think that's why he's also very surprised but like what is he really going to agree to this yeah she's done the polar opposite of what he asked ever since mm-hmm. yeah well in her defense she thinks he's in so they really need to talk to each other soon yeah oh yeah agree to anything. <laughs> Please. but i think it was uh interesting that they both and with they i mean june and nick um react with certain suspicion when they hear the name of the other being on board yeah yeah that's true so i'm hoping there is going to be some kind of conversation so that they can be on the same page and tell each other well what What's actually... kind of story lawrence had told them yeah. yeah then june's watching moira and luke watching the hannah wife school cd again moira's gonna see if mark can figure it out the next morning Tuella's there says he's gonna throw everything he has at it anything to keep you near losing more americans is an existential crisis just give us some time please and you mentioned earlier this is something i don't understand a few weeks ago they had hannah's address from nick and it wasn't a big deal to anybody but anyway then serena's back at the wheelers and it's reminiscent of june begging the waterford forgiveness after the first escape attempt uh serena's wearing some sort of inferior feeling clothing and mr wheeler tells her she may speak but they're very angry mrs wheeler especially is clearly furious even after serena issues her very sincere apology or sincere sounding and mrs wheeler makes it clear she can only breastfeed the baby mrs wheeler will do all the other duties of motherhood not now maybe not ever will serena get to mother her child and as serena leaves the room she hears noah crying and she races upstairs not something june was ever allowed to do by the way she was kept a floor away from the baby and forced to breast pump and listen to holly's cries through the floor uh but what a cute little baby noah is 
uh, the babies on the show are adorable. And Serena tells him how much she loves him and she cuddles him and it's very sweet if she weren't who she is. And then she breastfeeds her baby, not like the fake breastfeeding in season two, which we also already mentioned. I really love the wheels. I think they're fucking funny. I know, they are. They're very entertaining. <laughs> when he's like, you may speak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and... <laughs> And Mrs. Wheeler kind of looks at him like, excuse me, why did you tell her she could speak? Um, and then just when Serena goes, praise be, and she's like, yes, praise be, praise be. It's like, yes. Yeah. Um, I love um, how Serena was tightening her grip and uh, basically mm. squeezing herself to not say the things she wants to say. It's just like basically June. Yeah. All of mm. this moment is June because the, fact that she got back at around the same age of the baby like June did and mm. all of the, the the apology or everything it was like what wow it's like watching June <laughs> again yeah. yeah it's like June saying I'm not worthy when she came back from the first exactly. yeah. it was like a p- paraphrasing of that and I also noticed uh, another parallel and I forgot to mention it when we were talking about the scene when June is visiting Serena at the prison and there is one shot when Serena starts crying and it's from the right eye. It's the Lizzie crying eye. <laughs> yeah, like the, she's so good at that. It's the exact like replica of June always crying oh. and them showing this part of her face. It was exactly the same take with Serena crying from the same eye. That's cool. Mm. I like that. That's interesting. Um, the Marta and her uh, Serena hold the baby just reminded me of when Rita lets uh, June and Nick have the little moment with Holly. That's really mm. cute. I like. I miss those moments. Serena having to do that or getting to do that. <laughs> yeah. Back at Luke's, the phone rings. Again, a lot of phone ringing in this episode. And everybody's tense. It's been a week since they gave Mark the CD and June's losing hope. As she realizes it's just Rita, she also realizes they have an urgent need for apples. They're out of apples. Nicole needs apples. She needs to go to the store to get the apples because she needs the apples. She just wants to get the fuck out of there. And when Moira offers to go with her, she kind of just like trails off with her excuse. Doesn't even bother. She just does not want her to come. And... Then June's cell phone is ringing at the store. It's Mark. They found Hannah. They know where she is. They know where her wife's school is. They have a plan. Really exciting news. And June's at the Apple store, of course. And she remembers she's got to put the apples back and they all fall on the floor and she's apologizing. And the store owner's real nice and he tells her not to worry about it. She hugs him. She's so excited. And she's walking home, but then she starts running and laughing and smiling and she gets there and they're going to do a raid and they're going to go get her and they're going to bring her back to us. And they're all hugging and ecstatic. And it's just everybody's very excited. They've obviously wanted Hannah back for a very long time. And now it actually seems like it's about to happen. And Hannah's planting something, looking at the sky. Reminded me of the persimmon from season four. Oh, Anyway, notes. I'm actually really looking forward to see how they do it, like how they yeah. actually plan to. Yeah. Maybe Chawilla can go in like, you know, that scene in Mission Impossible where he's like, he's hanging on <laughs> From the, the helicopter on the rock. And then Drag like a pic- <laughs> <laughs> I find it surprising that Chawilla would inform June about the raid or about the plan before it happens because in situations like that I don't know maybe I've seen too many movies and I have no idea about the subject and how the reality looks like but 
I think I remember that the people involved are told afterwards, so they don't get their hopes up.、Mm. I'm hoping that really, if they go in, and it seems like a lot of people are in on it and working on it, and I'm like, please don't just try to get one girl out, please. It's like there are so many.、Yeah. That need help, and they are、Surely、all not,、right? stolen children because they are all about twelve, I guess, or in between eleven、mm. and fourteen. So they all、That's、are not Gilead、yeah. kids. So、um, when June was like, "I need to go out," I really felt that because she's like, "One week, she's waiting one week, and she has the offer from Lawrence still standing,、mm. and she's like, she must." Be so impatient at this point, and keeping her feet still is like we know June. That's not her thing. No, no, it's not what June does. Okay, I think that's a wrap on our analysis of this episode. Come back next week so we can discuss Five O Nine. And on Friday we have an interview with Nicola Daly, cinematographer for One Two. Five, six, nine, and ten—I think—episodes from this season. She's amazing. It's so fascinating. So come back on Friday to hear that interview. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Oh my god! If that is what literally happens, I'm going to throw a rock at the TV.